Welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Yola Jimenez. And here's a bit about Yola. So Yola is an erotic storyteller in Spanish. See, si, ella habla español. Three times nominated to the Latin Podcast Awards. 15 years as a broadcaster, and 14 years as a podcaster. So y'all, she was podcasting before it was even cool. So without further ado, let's welcome Yolanda, also known as aka Yola Jimenez, to the platform. Hi, Genesis. Thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. And I want to unpack why did you get into erotica storytelling? And then I want you to say a phrase. What's your signature phrase in Espanol? Dígame en Espanol, mami. My phrase is, no dejes de pensar en mí después de que termine el programa. It's like a little spell. It says, don't forget to think about me after this show. Ah, I like that. Um, say it one more time because I want to I wanna, um, get the phrase so I can practice it. Yo quiero, yo quiero practicar mi español. ¿Está bien? Perfecto. Gracias, mami. La frase dice, no olvides pensar en mí ahora que termina el programa. Ah, beautiful. Don't forget me after this program. I only knew that because she said it. So, Yola, what made you get into erotic storytelling? What was your drive for it? Well, I've been a storyteller since I was nine years old. And it kind of, it's a funny story. I was a troll in this radio show at radionocturna.com. There is a radio station when, where now I have my show. I have my podcast on. I was the troll. I was the one always picking on the host. And I was always telling them, oh, no, you can do it better. Oh, no, you don't know how to do this. And you don't know how to do that. And one point, they say, well, if you think you can do it better, why don't you? And I say, well, it's an erotic radio station. So I'm going to do what I do best. I'm a storyteller. So why not try and do an erotic storytelling? And I offered them to do a casting. And I sat with them in a Zoom call. No, in Skype. It was Skype that, at that point. And they listened to me for over 20 minutes. And I didn't get any answer after that. I was like, well, if you didn't like it, that's okay. Don't worry. And they said, no, 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 Jola. We need you to start right away. We need to have this show on. We need to do it. Can you start today? <laughs> I said, oh, wait for until Monday. <laughs> Monday 13, November 12, 13, 2006. That's the first ever broadcast of Cuéntale a la Yola. 
And I'm really happy over that because it has, it really helps me a lot. I started doing it because I needed to do something. I needed to feel that I have something to do, that I can occupy my time to be, to do one thing that I know that I can do great. Beautiful. And whenever they told you start right now, it was at first they challenge you because they're like, if you think that you could do it better, then do it. And you're like, okay, I've, yeah. I've been a storyteller since I was nine years old. And now I storytell erotic. So let me do that. And whenever you gave your presentation, it was like silence. I'm sure you could probably hear a penny or a pen drop because it was that good that you blew them away. So whenever they told you you could start right now, did you make them wait a little bit or were you just eager to jump right in? I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, I can do it. I can't do it right now because I didn't have the right microphone. I didn't have a, a, a PC to work. I My brother lent me his so I can do the, the guesting. And I was like, hmm. So now I have to do it because they really like it. And I really want to do it. So just let me get what I need and I will try it. I will, I will try to do it with whatever I have in my hands. And I got a, a headset with a microphone. And my brother said, oh, you can use my computer. Don't worry. I was like, but you know what I'm going to do with it? Yeah, don't worry about it. So I kept that computer with me for almost six years. Oh, wow. And that was really nice of your brother to let you use his computer. So it showed that your brother believed in you and you kept that computer for six years, plus the additional years. That, and you've came a long way because you've been doing broadcasting for 15 years and podcasting for 14 years, but it all started with you going on that radio show. You mentioned that you were trolling them and it was just something was just not fitting right. And you knew that you had the passion for it and you could do it a better way. And you took that leap of faith and you went in there. They liked what you brought to the table and you know, the rest is history. But one of your things, um, Yola, you said you want to create a space for women that are afraid to talk about sex and need a safe place to express their desires. So with you coming from a certain background, do you feel like you were educated on sex at a young age or did you feel that it was something you learned as an adult and you want to help others? What's your reasoning behind niching down to that area? Well, uh, here in Mexico, and in a lot of countries in Latin America, talking about sex, when a woman talks about sex, it's like, no, don't do it. You won't look cool. You, you're only going to get someone talking about you and everything will be gossip. And that's not a great topic to use. So you are not supposed to talk about sex even with your husband. So 
when I started doing this show, many of my listeners are women. And I thought that, oh, I'm going to get only men. I'm going to get only the ones who want to have a really good time without calling a uh, phone line. And I, I learned about sex when I was nine years old because one of my, my cousins got pregnant and not even my dad or my mom wanted to talk about sex with us. So they sent us, me and my siblings, to a class. <laughs> we have a sex education with a lot of other kids given up by a psychologist that said, oh, I can teach them, don't worry. I'm gonna give them the basics so you don't have to do anything else. So question there, do you feel like by you going to a class at the age of nine, that that opened you up to another realm? Because that is a young age, in my opinion, to be talking about sex. But I guess because your cousin was already pregnant and maybe you had questions, how old was your cousin when she got pregnant? And maybe that age will factor into why your parents sent you to a sex sex education class at nine years old with a psychologist. Well, I have to tell you, I was nine. My sister was seven. My cousin was 14 when she got pregnant. So I know that my parents really tried to get us uh, educated and to let us know that in some point this could happen. Because in Mexico, it happens a lot. Uh, Young pregnancy is something that we see almost every day in schools. I had so many of my classmates pregnant when I was 14, 16. So this happened a lot. So question there, because I want to I want to ask this question and let me know if I phrase it wrong, because I want to be mindful. Do you think that maybe it's a cultural thing due to quinceañeras? Um, the age of 15 symbolizes you are becoming a woman and you're you're maturing and all of that. And you obviously know, coming from a, a Mexican background what um, quinceanera symbolized. And for those of you listening, a quinceanera is a celebration for those who turn 15. And they not only have it for girls, but also the guys have it, but they're not necessarily called quinceaneras for the guys. I forgot the actual terminology for it. So can we stay and explain that for a little bit? Because it would definitely put some context in of why you do what you do. And it'll bring some knowledge to the forefront. Well, to have a quinceañera is to let people know that you're able to get married. That's the tradition. It has been happening for almost two centuries. And the thing is that um, young pregnancy in Mexico is almost as young as nine years old. The girls are raped. And many times they don't let them have an abortion. So for us to get educated and for us to know what could happen if someone tries to touch us, 
if someone tries to rape us, it will it really help a lot. Mm. I, I can tell you that. But I do know that many of the women who listen to me, they didn't have that opportunity. They never knew about sex. They are afraid even to talk about it with their partners because, oh no, he's going to think that I'm a slut. He's going to think the worst out of me. And to have this program, to have this show, then let them tell me their fantasies and I can write all the stories and bring them to life. That helps them to tell their partners what they want, what they really need, what they're hoping to live. Because sometimes they're not even close about having the pleasure, about having the best sex of their life. They only do it to have kids. And that's it. They only do it because... Their man wants to do it, but they don't even know how. So by having these stories, I can help them have a voice, have a purpose, have something to say, oh, you know, that story is mine. I can have my husband, I can have my boyfriend listen to this podcast and ask them, oh, did you listen to that story? Because I like it. Can we do that? Can we leave this? You know, we could send her our fantasy together. And that's something that happens a lot. That after they talk to their partners, they get involved with them and they grow as a couple. So question there. So the people that send you their stories, do they write it out and you read it in Spanish? Can the stories come from English speakers? Because I know your podcast is all in Spanish and you're working on translating it to English because you want to tap into that audience since you have some friends that only speak English and you want to make sure that you're catering to them as well. So how does that um, work? Well, right now, Anyone can send a story. I have people listening to me in Japan, in Russia, in Africa. They, they are studying, they're learning Spanish. So they listen to my podcast to have fun and to listen to someone whose Spanish is more clearly. And they send me their stories in their original language. They say, oh, I can't write in Spanish, but is it okay if I write in, in, in Russian? And I said, yeah, that's okay. I will use Google Translate and, or something. <laughs> I don't know. Because to have your story read out loud, it gives you so much pleasure. It gives you a, a place when you can say, oh, they really listen to me. They did really notice what I need. And to have that for them is something that I pressure, that I, I really like to keep them because sometimes we don't have 
this kind of complicity with someone else. And to find someone from another part of the work, of the world, uh, listening to you, caring about you, giving a voice to your story, that's something that, that you're going to carry forever with you. That's beautiful because it also shows that you are being diverse, you're being equitable, and you're being inclusive by letting people send in their stories. And no matter what part of the world they're in, you are allowing them to be a part of your community. That way you're giving back to them and telling them there are various ways to grow with your partner sexually. There are various ways to practice safe sex. Sex doesn't have to be a taboo topic. And I want to help you by me sharing my expertise and my knowledge. And one thing that you talked about in another segment was that blind people seeking erotica stimulation and you are tapping into the ADA community to make sure that they have, you know, a place too. So how is, how is that experience and what are some of the amazing stories that you have gotten out of tapping into that community? Well, I have to say that I was surprised that they, that this group of young people in Ecuador asked me to have a call. You know, I said, well, write to me. No, 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 please. Let's have a, a small chat at Skype because we want to tell you our story. And it was like, well, group story. Okay, let's try it. And we set the date and then they surprised me by telling me that they are a group of blind people that live in Ecuador that goes to a university and they help each other grow. They help each other to learn um, braille, to learn how to move, how to walk with a stick, how to, to, do, uh, to get your life together and have a good, progressive, and productive life. And they told me, oh, you know, for us, there is no erotic. There's, there's only porn. And all we can hear is sounds. There's no story. There's no way that we can imagine what is happening when we get a video on. And who knows what's going on? But for, for them to hear the stories, they open up a new window, a new way to experience erotic. Because I do... I have so much descriptions in my stories. You can listen to it and you will see in your mind, with your imagination, the place, the, the oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I wanted to say it in Spanish, but I, I forget it. You can see the en Espanol for those Spanish um, listeners. Puedes sentir la temperatura. 
You could see the temperature, you could feel the temperature, the place, the mood, the setting, everything yeah. is just right. And, and some of them, there wasn't born blind. When I talk about colors and texture, they can remember that. So in their minds, it's like, whoa, you took me to that place with that guy with that woman and whatever they were doing I could almost smell it I could feel it I can be in that place because you take me to them and you let me be a part of that experience when they were talking to me about it I was like oh god I really need to see them their expression, their way of what they are, the faces they're making when they talk. But I remember, okay, they can see me. I have to learn to experience what they are experiencing with my stories by how they tell me what they feel. They open a new, a new part of the story of my podcast because they were the ones sharing it with all the blind community in Latin America. And it took me to places that I, I didn't know. I have a great friend in Chicago. His name is Arturo, who is blind. And he came to the show because they told him, oh, you know, we have this girl who who reads the stories and we want you to listen because you have so many good stories. And now I record his stories and he has been so good to me because he's been, oh, he's always looking up for me. How are you? What's going on? You know, we need to talk. We need to, to try and do these stories and that story. And, and they they got so into my podcast that in some point I know that I have to tell them exactly what we are doing. I have this girl. This girl started listening to my show almost from day one. And when she chat with these guys from Ecuador, she asked me, I'm going to send you my picture. And I need you to describe everything you see for them. Wow. Was it so they so they could kind of feel her presence and get to know her by yes. her picture? Yes. Was she trying to pursue the guys? Did she like them? Or what was the no, reason behind it, it, was, it? It was a thank you from her to them. Because in one point, I was like, okay, well... We have done this for almost five years. And this maybe just the, the, the first year was like, oh, this is what I do. I have to move on. I have to do something else. And something happened. And I, okay, I keep going. I keep going. I find up fifth year. I was like, mm, I don't know. And they came to the show. They, they began participant they began to to make us feel that we are doing something so much more bigger than we expected 
So question, um, Yola, do you do the show solo by you reading it or do you have other actors that, you know, do the show with you or maybe a co-host sometimes? I do it solo, but I do have a few friends who ask to come and read with me. That's really good. And that's not so good (laughs) because, you know, it's erotic and you're in a private place in a small room. And you're giving all this mood and all this talk and the voice and the volume and the pauses and everything to do it so good and so great. But from the people who come, six out of five have asked me, so what are we going to do after And I give them their keys and I say, oh, you're going to go to your house. I'm going to go to my house. That's okay. Thank you very much. There's no sex after. Wow. Okay. So sometimes by having other people do the show with you, the lines get blurred because they already feel like you're in a certain mood, but you're just doing it to really cater to your audience and create that pleasure for those who may need pleasure in a safe way. And with you doing what you're doing now, how has your family perceived this? Because you mentioned early on in the segment that in Mexico, it's not really something that is conducive, that people like to talk about. So do you see yourself in a different light or do you enjoy doing this? And you say, you know what, if you don't like it, just kick rocks. (laughs) That's what happened. Two years ago, uh, my family, well, when I was thinking about doing the show, I sat down all my family for a family dinner on Sunday And I told them, well, you know, I want to do this. I want to be an erotic storyteller. And I have this opportunity and I want to pursue it. And I want to to see if I can do it. And everyone was like, oh, she's going to do it for a month. She's going to do it maybe six months. And then she will get um, something new to do, something else. And they would say, well, looking, my mom told me, just keep it professional. I was like, always, always. But two years ago, they set me up. And they say, well, you know, we don't like what you do. People talk about you. People always asking, why do you let her? Why do you... Allow her to do this. Everyone thinks she's a slut. Everyone thinks that she charges for what they do. And I was like, you know, I don't charge because I don't bring any money from that. And you know that I do it because it's fun for me and I love it. So they asked me to stop doing the show. And you know what? This Saturday, I'm celebrating 15 years doing my show. Wow, congratulations for you sticking to what you're passionate about, 
what you love despite how it has created a rift with your family and the vision was placed inside of you for a particular reason and I'm glad you held on to the vision because sometimes some of those that we love can very well be dream killers and dream snatchers because they don't understand why we do what we do because they're traveling at a different wavelength and it's no disrespect, discount, or discourse to that individual. We love them, but we don't always have to take their feedback, especially if it's going to be feedback that hurts us and also keeps us in a spot where we retreat instead of pull up and pop. And my pop is prepared on purpose because each one of us has gifts and talents that are inside of us that need to be ignited because it's not just for us, but it's for us to help other people. And um, Yolanda, I want to ask you, this is a bonus question. Are you currently in a relationship with someone? And if so, how has your podcast enhanced or affected that relationship? Well, I'm in a relationship with a person that lives overseas. He lives in Spain. He's such a great guy. We met at Clubhouse and we met on a club that's called Hablando de Sexo, talking about sex. We hit it on since day one. He's such a great guy. We We have so much in common. We work together. We do a lot of things together. And the thing that bring us to this relationship was for me to start reading the erotic tales on that club. And he asked me, can I read with you? I was like, okay, sure. Because I would love to have a coffee with you someday. And we started talking outside clubhouse and we started doing uh, new stories together. And the first two months, we read every Wednesday at 10 p.m. from Spain. And we had such a chemistry together that people asked us to read again. Ay, muy caliente. <laughs> well, He's you- just a great guy and he enjoys what I do. And he even sends stories for me to read. And he asked me, well, you know, your last boyfriend asked you to stop doing your show. And you say no. If I ever ask you to stop doing your show, please say no again. Because that's what you do. That's what you love that's that way that I met you and that's what I want you to keep doing that is beautiful and do you foresee going to Spain or him coming to Mexico so y'all could meet in person and just really see if that virtual chemistry is that chemistry face-to-face I already have my passport and we're trying to keep it um everything legal and everything on the right way because I, I we don't want this to start in in a phase space we want to 
to be able to see if this goes all the way that we can have everything, even if it's in Spain or if it's in Mexico, we have to keep it real. So right now, I was supposed to leave on the 26th of November, but Spain asked me to have so much money in my accounts and so much money for almost six months to, to say to them, oh, you know, I can be at Spain and won't cost you a dime. And I have to keep saving and he's saving too for me to be able to get to Spain and spend a couple of months with him. And then he will come to Mexico and spend a couple of months with me. And if everything goes the way that we're planning, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll be posting a podcasting from Spain. Beautiful. And thank you for sharing that, Yola, because it um, just opens up more of who you are. And as we close, I want you to tell the listeners and viewers once again, who you are, how they could connect with you on social media, and your call to action. Cuéntale a la Yola. Well, friends, I'm Yolanda Jimenez, but everyone knows me as Yola. My podcast is called Cuéntale a la Yola. It's like gossip to Yola. Let her know what your pleasure is, what your desire is, what your fantasy is. And we will make it a story and we will bring it to life. And someday, soon, I will do it in English. But for now, it's only in Spanish. My webpage is cuentalealayola.com and you can find me in every social media platform just like that. Cuentale a la Yola. And so, there. don't forget about me after we finish this interview. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. You just heard Yola Jimenez with Cuéntale a la Yola. I will have all of her show notes all of her details in the show notes along with her show notes so you could plug in with her. Yes, sex is taboo, but there are ways to have safe sex and indulge in healthy discussions like this. Don't be dis- don't be dismayed, don't disrespect and appreciate the art that Yola brings to the forefront because it is a beautiful thing that she can do by sharing storytelling in an erotic way to compliment those in that community who want to have pleasure in a way that is safe, healthy, and helps them bond with their partner on a deeper level, mentally and physically. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go out and have yourself an amazing life. And cuéntale a la Yola.